0: The Supreme Court wants to consider religious freedom in the workplace. Soon, they'll be hearing our case for a Christian mail carrier. Hi, I'm Stuart Shepard, and this is First Liberty Live. Thank you for liking and sharing our videos. You are an important part of this project. We appreciate your being an active part of that. Let me just say thank you from all of us for your role in that. We appreciate you helping us getting the word out. Stephanie Taub is Senior Counsel here at First Liberty Institute. Hi, Stephanie.
1: Hi, Stuart. It's
0: good to see you. We're going to talk about Gerald Groff today. What's this case all about?
1: So this is an exceptionally important case for restoring religious liberty in the workplace. This case has the potential to protect employees of faith across the country. For so long, courts have favored big government employers and corporations at the expense of religious liberty of employees simply want to remain faithful to their god or faithful to their religious beliefs
0: and and i think it's important for people to get to meet gerald and a few months ago we sat right here and and i had a conversation with him so I, i want you to hear from his heart uh once you hear his story i think you'll know he's the real deal before we get to the post office part i want to hear about you you've devoted a large part of your lifetime to doing work on the mission field tell me about that
2: Yes, I've, I uh, grew up in a Christian family and I, I have a picture at home of uh, myself standing with my hand on a globe. It was I made it in kindergarten and it says someday I want to be a missionary. And so my life has been about figuring out how God would like to use me. And so um, my first missions trip was right after high school. <laughs> I went to Africa for the first time. I've been to Africa two more times after that. I served in um, Nepal and in different parts of Asia. Um, Sometimes for short term and sometimes for two years, just always going where God wanted to put me. And to me, wherever you are is a mission field, but I I especially have a desire to go overseas and, and serve the Lord in that way.
0: Why is your heart so much into that? Why is that such an
2: important part of your life and who you are? Because I'm passionate about people hearing the word of God. I'm passionate about living out my faith and being tested in difficult situations and and allowing the Lord to use me to glorify Himself. And I'm not afraid of jumping on a plane and going overseas. Uh, Actually, that's less intimidating to me than going in, you know, into the city and driving around by myself.
0: (laughs) So says, we're surrounded by pictures of the Postal Service and people are probably thinking okay uh, this guy Gerald's been on the mission field so much what's with the mailboxes and the postal truck what's the connection with the Postal Service how'd you get working for them when you're on the mission field you have to come
2: back and, and start over when your your term is finished and sometimes you just have to take the job that comes along yeah um, for me I just decided to plant myself at the post office for a bit and see how it went um, to, like I said earlier to, uh, to, Anywhere can be a mission field for you, whether it's on, in Africa or you know, and the workplace. And so for me, um, when God opened that door, I was willing to go there. Uh, I didn't know what I was in for, but it was the you know more of a long-term planting there to be part of that. Um, and for me, it was, a, it was a job first, just to get my feet under me again after coming back from overseas. But it was also part of being a witness and shining the light of Christ there too.
0: And that worked for you for
2: years, right? You were there for quite some time. Yeah, about seven years. Um, I started in
0: 2012, and I was uh, finished in 2019. And the key to this story is, we talked about it at the very beginning, you were looking for a job that would not have you working on Sunday because that was important to you. Sure, every time I look for a job, I, I try to find a job that doesn't require that as part of their stipulations. Yeah, yeah. and the post office, historically, historically, Doesn't operate on Sunday. That's been a day. They've been off and that worked for you for years, right? Yes, that's true I never even crossed my mind that I'd be expected to work on Sunday because we don't
2: get mail on Sundays But then something changed sure they they signed a contract with amazon.com to to uh, Take over their deliveries and that would include every Sunday and Holidays year-round and that's when things got difficult.
0: Yeah, And, and so people understand you were willing to work extra shifts during the week to make up the time any way that you could, you just wanted to be able to honor the Lord's Day. You wanted to be not working on Sunday. Yes, that's correct.
2: I ended up working, you know, if if a route was short because someone had called off that day, I would actually come back from finishing my mail route and go out and take extra. Or um, there would be days when I was not scheduled, I would come in and, and work on a Saturday or something like that just to make up for what I was you know not doing
0: by working on Sunday but then finally they said no that's not gonna work anymore you're gonna have to show up on Sunday what happened uh, it was the postmaster had been accommodating me for about a year
2: just in-house she was willing to not schedule me and not make waves and then all of a sudden I guess I assume she got pressure from above her to change things and she told me in some rather unkind words um, either do it my way or hit the road. Wow! And so I was able to find a post office that was small enough nearby, that was exempt for the time being from working on Sundays, and I transferred over there to the Holtwood post office um, from the Quarryville post office where I had been.
0: Yeah, and then eventually this led to you leaving the work that you were doing, correct? Leaving the post office. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There was in
2: 20, January 2019. I felt that I was forced out I had exhausted the disciplinary process and just going by the pattern that after three absences They would bring me in for an, a pre-disciplinary interview. It, it was always resulting in discipline at some point um, After that interview, I, I knew that the writing was on the
0: wall, so to speak that I was going to be fired and This ended up in court and clearly you're not someone who is an activist who thought I'm gonna behave in such a way that this is gonna lead to a lawsuit that was never your intent but yet here we are and and this is a case that's been making its way through the courts what is it that you're asking for what would you like the resolution of this to be it's all about
2: what God wants to accomplish through this Um, legally I would love to see a precedent set that people don't get treated the way I did that their faith is respected That if they have the conviction, like I do, to not work on the Lord's Day, that 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 would be honored and that would be written into federal law or whatever law is applicable to honor their beliefs and, and respect what our Constitution holds true, that you know our faith should be
0: protected. So every time I talk to him, it's like he's the guy I want to sit next to in church because he's going to have an interesting story and he's just someone I would like to hang out with. Is that the read you get from him?
1: Absolutely. He is so incredibly humble, so incredibly sincere. And this is, and it's an honor for First Liberty to be representing him in this battle before the United States Supreme Court.
0: So, this is a big deal. The Supreme Court has picked it up. Last year, we had two victories at the Supreme Court at the highest level. We had other matters that were also decided there. It's been an active time at First Liberty. This is a big deal to get yet another one this year. Let's talk about that. We're working alongside a couple other legal organizations. Tell me about them, and then tell me why we should win this case
1: absolutely so we are privileged to work alongside Aaron Street from Baker Botts as the lead counsel and we're also working with the Church State Council and the Independence Law Center on this case and so this you're exactly right first liberty is on a roll and so is religious liberty at the United States Supreme Court so we are so optimistic that the Supreme Court will use this opportunity to not just protect people like Uh, like Gerald but to protect religious employees across the country this is a chance for the court to apply the law as it is written and make sure that employers who can actually that they actually do provide meaningful religious accommodations to people of faith
0: I'm, I'm not an attorney, but I've been reading that and hearing from our attorneys that this is this is pointed at an older decision known as TWA versus Hardison. What's it all about, and how do these things connect?
1: Yes, the the, the, the Supreme Court has not been shy about uh, taking a look at some of these uh, bad cases from the 1970s, and TWA v. Hardison is one of those cases. So this was a case where the the Civil Rights Act provides really robust protections for religious employees, but those were gutted by some of the language of this, of this case um, in the TWA v. Hardison. And so we're really asking the Supreme Court to apply the law as it is written and restore the, the protections for religious employees that Congress wanted um, when it passed this federal Civil Rights Act.
0: So, so what would change? How would faith be treated differently in the workplace should we win this case?
1: So, employers across the country would be required to grant meaningful religious accommodations to people of faith unless there was some sort of an undue hardship on that business. And undue hardship would actually mean what it's supposed to mean it would actually mean a significant difficulty or expense for the employers rather than the employers. So that means the employers actually have to take religious accommodation requests seriously and not just hand wave or point to anything that's just a minimal burden. They'd actually have to they'd actually have to grant meaningful religious accommodations.
0: So if for example in Gerald's case, he asked not to work on Sunday. That's very important to him. It's something he feels very strongly about. But he's willing to work other shifts. He's working to, to come in. He'll work his route and then come in and do another route. That's not an undue hardship if they still, if it's just a scheduling issue, right? This isn't a big deal.
1: Absolutely. The post office is fully capable of providing accommodation. They had provided accommodations in the past. And Gerald was willing to work, he's even willing to work non-Sunday holidays. He's willing to work extra shifts. He was willing to transfer posts at the risk of losing seniority status. So this is a really sincere um, belief that he has, and he... Um, I mean, ultimately, it forced him out of his job. So people like Gerald really take their faith seriously and need these religious accommodations in order to be able to provide for their families.
0: I'd like you to explain a bit more. That This is specifically about his case and him. How would this impact others? Just give me an example or two of how this might play out in real life in the workplace.
1: Absolutely. There are so many different areas where people of all faiths might need religious accommodations. They might need religious accommodations for prayer breaks. They might need religious accommodations for um, dress codes, all sorts of things like that. Um, And so really are seeing an uptick in a need for employers to really understand and respect religious liberty rights in the workplace. And this is a wonderful opportunity for the Supreme Court to make those rights clear.
0: Very helpful. Anything else you'd like to share before I let you go? You've been very helpful.
1: Well, thank you so much. Please follow us at firstliberty.org for more updates on this case. We're expecting an opinion maybe around June, so please stay tuned.
0: All right. And we will keep you, thank you, Stephanie. It's always good to see you. We will keep you updated on firstliberty.org if you want to keep track of this case as it goes along. Again, firstliberty.org. Uh, we'll have updates there. If you'd like to have updates sent to you, you can also on that page subscribe to the First Liberty Insider. That's our once weekly email that goes out that details uh, updates on our cases and also other important things that are happening concerning religious freedom around the country. If this is interesting to to you you'll enjoy getting that newsletter i can recommend it to you again it's fli insider first liberty is your last line of defense and your greatest hope for victory